Okay, it's recording now. Oh my god! Wow. This is crazy. Welcome to Reading Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Important distinction. It's spelled the same way of another popular TV show about children's books, but it's pronounced differently. Mm-hmm. Please don't sue us. Thank you. Or even like Reading Rainbow. Reading is in the city in England. Mm-hmm. Don't sue us. Spell that one differently. But still, my name is Alora, and I'm Laura, and this is Reading Rainbow, ah! episode one. I think, I feel like this podcast is just going to be us talking about, like, it'll be mostly high school books, but it's also books that, even as kids, like, as a, in second grade, I remember my mm-hmm. teacher reading me The Trumpet of the Swan. Okay. And I don't know why. I thought it was a really, really boring book. No offense, E.B. White. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it since, but I was like, this is boring. This is, like, nap time for me, and I'm in second grade. But, yeah. so, we're going to be reading books, classic, quote-unquote, classic literature, that schools thought was important for us to read, mm-hmm. and we're going to just decipher them. Read them now as adults and figure out why we were supposed to read them. Yeah, puzzle through that. So that's... Okay, here's a question I want to ask since this is episode zero and we're establishing ourselves. Mm-hmm. What do you like as a reader? If you need an example, I will go first and answer the question. Uh, yeah, you go first. Okay. <clears throat> um, as a reader, I tend to enjoy... I like to read... Usually memoirs, especially if they're celebrities, because I don't watch reality TV, but I will read a celebrity memoir, a tell-all. Like, you know I will. Um, And I like to generally read... What else do I like to read? Um, I guess I used to be really into dystopian fiction, and I've kind of shied away from that, but now I'm getting back into it, so I like that. But as a reader, I cannot read in public. I get very distracted. I'm a slow reader, and... Uh, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. So, usually if I'm talking about a book, there's like a 65, 75% chance that I did not read the book, but I listened to the book. And that is what I have to, that's what I am like, Alora, as a reader. I was about to say my last name, but no, no, no. You don't get that. You don't get that one. That's not for no one. That won't be till episode 54. 69. <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> little, little treat. I, as a reader, prefer, I don't know, I will say this, I would get bored pretty easily by reading, so like, if I'm reading things on my own and get bored, like, I will just drop them. Um, I guess there's no one genre I like, I will read, like, fantasy, historical fiction, um, sci-fi, but again, if it takes, like, tons of mental work to make it make sense, I'm out of there. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I mean, I generally like, I love mystery. How could I forget that? I love the mystery genre. But I also like, um, I really enjoy mysteries that break the form or have unconventional things, like things that are ensemble cast type mysteries or where the detective is a woman, like Miss Marple by, uh, what's her face? Agatha Christie. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And like Miss Marple is like an old lady who's who's an amateur sleuth. You know, that's pretty fun. Um... And other things like, what did I recently finish? 
What a great question. Oh, the Obama Biden mysteries, which I just read for fun. Like, don't at me, you know? Don't at me. Mm-hmm. What book are we talking about today? We're talking about Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare. Who? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. Bill. I'm holding a mushroom, a real yeah. mushroom. Yeah, so we're eating in this uh, while we're recording because the, 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 if you hear lip-smacking sounds, we're not kissing each other. We're kissing our food. We're, yeah, kissing ourselves really through self-care. Yeah, so take that. Take uh, that. Take it. Anyways, um, first question, did you read this in school, like what, and if you did, like what year and all that good stuff? I like, absolutely Your did. background with this text. I absolutely did, and in freshman year of high school, in my background? Yeah, yeah, I guess, like, did you like it? Oh, what class was it for? I don't know if any of this is interesting content, but... I thought it was fairly absurd, just, like, how young they are and the things they do and how fast the story moves, um, and I didn't really get why we read it as a kid. I mean a kid, a 14-year-old, you know, a younger. A youngster, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. What about you? I never read this until... Last summer, when I was in Korea, Mm. studying abroad, and I took an introduction to English drama class, and this was one of the texts we had to read. Before that, I knew that Romeo and Juliet existed. Good. You know, I was like, oh, but I had never read it. And then I watched multiple different film adaptations of Romeo and Juliet. In this course? Uh, Just for fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the courses, we did have to watch the Claire Danes version or something like that. And then I read, like, Shakespeare in Love, which is, like, a weird, like, another adaptation of, it's, it's mm-hmm. just weird. But, and of course, we've all read Romeo and Juliet through its many iterations in popular culture, such as, insert research here, Twilight. Twilight! <laughs> well, I guess Twilight is, I think Twilight, no, no, it wasn't. Twilight was an adaptation of Fifty Shades of Grey, so that was wrong on my no, part. No, it's backwards. That's backwards. It is? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, Fifty Shades of Grey is an adaptation of Twilight. Okay, yeah, we listen. toned down Fifty Shades of Grey to make Twilight. <laughs> yeah, and we're just like, you know what? You're right. You know what this <laughs> softcore erotica does needs vampires and more softcore. But Even like more softer softer. core. Even softer <laughs> core. What is it about? Spoilers also, content warning, spoilers if you haven't read the book, you're going to hear about what the book is about because we've read it. But also, it's been around for like several hundred years, so, so get on the Too train. little, too late. Just like <laughs> that one song. So get with it. Okay. So what is Romeo and Juliet about, if you didn't already know? It's about um, this place in Italy called Verona. It's got two rich families, and they're cooler than all the other ones because no other families exist here. Um, but they're still ruled by the prince, so they're not that hot shit, you know? Mm. Anyway, sure. so... They hate each other. They kill each other like all the time, and the prince makes a decree that if any he catches any of them like killing each other, the punishment is death, or even just fighting. Eye for an eye. Right? Yeah. yeah. Any kerfuffles, any of them, immediate death. Yeah. So Romeo is the son of the Montague head, and Juliet is the daughter of the Capulet head, and they fall in love. So they meet at this party, and they do this weird secret handshake, right? Like they has hands but then they actually kiss and there's all this wordplay oh. about pilgrims oh right? i remember that yeah. yes and uh wait did you not read this in preparation for this podcast i read it in the spring 
But oh. I was like, I remember it good enough from then. Okay, well, for the record, I read this, like, last night. I know you did, <laughs> but I have, I'm busy. I'm a very busy woman. Okay. Well, anyway, um, they get married, too, and then Romeo kills her cousin, Tybalt, and then, don't take this seriously, and then, <laughs> don't use this as, like, as, like, what's it, mm, huh? We're not Sparknotes. If you want Sparknotes for your, like, oh. <laughs> to cheat off of, this is not the place to go. Absolutely not. This will not help you. I mean, it might, but probably it won't. Maybe it'll make your teacher laugh. We hope. We don't yeah. know. Um, so Romeo goes away. Juliet's so sad, so she goes to this friar that's been helping them out. And there's this all complicated thing, right? Because they told Romeo, okay, Juliet's going to pretend to be dead, but you'll come back and, like, catch her when she's alive and take her away. So Juliet takes like this drought that makes her fall dead and like goes to the tomb because everybody's gonna bury her. But Romeo hears that she's dead and leaves before he can get that letter. So he goes to find her, sees her dead and then kills himself next to her. So then she wakes up and she sees him and she's like, well, I will join you. <laughs> and she dies too. Classic case of the mix-em-ups. That's the hand of a knife. Okay, her but own you. You may have read this yesterday, but you missed, like, a huge part of it, which is Paris, because, see, okay, I mean, he's a fair part of it, because yes. you're focusing only what's happening on Romeo, and Juliet is an equal character, okay? So, Juliet, I'm making a weird face Rome, right now, okay. <laughs> well, Romeo's off in exile, Juliet is, like, I guess, arranged to be married to Paris, yes. who they say is her cousin, but I don't know if they're using that like colloquially, 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 yeah, yeah, uh huh, or like, oh, my brother, like, just like not actually my hey, brother, bro. yeah, like yeah. I didn't know if it hey, was cause. that case or if they actually is cousins because of Shakespeare's times, and I don't yeah. know if you do that there, mm -hmm. but so she's set to marry, and then she's like, oh, I don't want to, and so then once Juliet is like dead in like quote unquote dead in the tombstone and Romeo comes to go see her Paris is visiting and he and is visiting the grave and Romeo kills Paris in the process so he commits two murders at least right okay. yeah yes. in, uh, technically third murder because he kills himself yeah also this is all helping in the dead of night so like mm -hmm. that's pretty weird and they both have like two friends with them I don't know okay and then it ends with these two dead kids and a bunch of other dead people and the two families are like ah we lost our kids and all because we couldn't get along curtain falls yes mm -hmm. would you agree they do make some like reconciliation right because they're like well i'm going to put up a statue of juliet and i'll build a statue of romeo and like they'll stand in the middle of the square and remind everybody of how shameful we are or something yeah something like that yep um, and that's Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare. You, I'm going to ask you the questions because you've read this in school and I have not. Okay. What do you think were the intended takeaways? Like, why were you reading it for the class? Actually, I guess I can talk about it too when I was in Korea, but we'll mm -hmm. start with you. Sure. In high school. Um, I think there is a, like, a point to reading it because, like, Juliet is 14. They say that. I don't know how old Romeo is. I'm I assuming I think he's young. 16. Okay, yeah, also or young. 18 or something like that. Yeah, and I think there's a there's a good point to like reading that while you are yourself 14 to 16, like you can see like this is not how we should act. Um, 
but it also was a, a big part of it was like deciphering the poetic language of it um, and analyzing sonnets and stuff. Like it's a good tool for that because um, you can still follow the story pretty easily. Did, like, do you think your teacher had any intentions of you at all, like doing any takeaways or, because I feel like when people, if you, if I, if I bring up Romeo and Juliet to a group of people, they always just say like, oh yeah, the one where the two kids died and they focus really on the kids part and they're like, what an absurd play. Mm-hmm. Bunch of kid lovers. No, thank you. Was your teacher using Romeo and Juliet purely as a literary device to look at poetry? Poetry? Okay. Or do you think they were using it to like teach you a life lesson at all? Okay. Like were you supposed to learn something beyond an academic skill? I guess yeah, on like a not super overt level, just like learning like this is not how regular people act. <laughs> oh, like they okay. don't meet one night and get married the next morning and then Die the next night. Oh, so it was an antidote. Not an anecdote, but an antidote. Yeah, antidote. Antidote. Yep. Perfect. Maybe, yeah. Okay, what do you think? I think it was the same thing. Like, it was an introduction to English drama, so we looked at a bunch of different kinds of plays, and, of course, we looked at, like, the classic Shakespearean play. So, but it was also, like, a class in Korea, and I think the teacher, like kind of knew what she was doing but we talked a lot about like what would you do if you if you were in this situation i'm like well we wouldn't be because this is not real or maybe it is i thought it was interesting that like romeo and juliet are pretty young and juliet has this old mentor she has her nurse who's apparently been with her since she was breastfeeding her which is she goes on about for a while the nurse was breastfeeding her yeah for like a while actually that's not weird never mind is it okay no it's not because (laughs) i have a friend who's like I have a friend who was adopted, and her adopted mom breastfed her. I mean, it is a little weird, but I'm not going to judge. You know what? I'm not going to judge. I'm done now. I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry. Right. And then Romeo brings in the Friar Lawrence, who, like, these are both people of the older generation. They're, like, advising them. And they have Romeo and Juliet's trust really up until they... Well, the Friar never really loses their trust, but the nurse has Juliet's trust until she kind of goes against her. And she's like, just let Romeo go, man. Like, he's exiled. You should just marry Paris. Like, Juliet cuts her off. Like, she says, okay, goodbye. And then, like, just rips her apart when she's alone. (laughs) Um, So I thought that was pretty nuanced because, like, these two kids are, like, making really rash decisions that obviously have really terrible consequences um, because they're not listening to people who are older than them who are, like, or they're not making wise decisions to, like, wait around. But they do kind of have legitimate reasons for not wanting to trust people older than them, like their parents, because they just don't think their parents have, like, their interests at heart. I don't have the whole picture. But that's also because they didn't choose to tell them, hey, I'm married. It's, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> it's true. I think that was one of the things that bugged me. They were like, oh, all this bad stuff is going to happen because our parents hate each other. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you didn't even tell them, so you didn't even give them an opportunity, and you caused all this strife when you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, guys. <laughs> so freaking ask your parents if you can marry your 16-year-old lover. Yeah. Like, Juliet's, like, in an argument with her dad. I'm like, look, it's, like, as bad as this is going to get. Like, just tell him. Yeah. I don't know. But also, she could probably, she's probably afraid and just unhappy and not trusting. I don't know. They just create a lot of their own problems. <laughs> so listen up, kids. Talk to someone. Stop. Talk to someone. Get some help. Yeah. Do you think kids should be reading this? And if so... Mm-hmm. Why? I think, it, yeah, it says a lot about, just Romeo and Juliet's actions say a lot about how things can go wrong if you act rashly. 
Like, because none of them, like, waited around for, like, things to work or for people to communicate things to them or tried to reason with people who are older than them. Because there's a lot of, like, old versus youth um, lessons in there, I think. Like, the younger ones never really listen to the old ones, and they turn away from them. Ah, so it's a good... The second that they deny them or, like, don't agree with them. Interesting. I think... I think for me, I guess kids should read this only because it's a classic, but I have kind of a vendetta against classics because I feel like a lot of the things that are regarded as, like, uh, classic plays or classic poetry or something, classic fiction mm-hmm. is does not age well because a lot of the classics that I've read, I'm like, I don't like this. Maybe it's because I'm just, like, too hip mm-hmm. to, like, appreciate old culture or something, but... yeah. I was just, I was not impressed. So, but I guess people should read it just so they know about it. And then, like, later on when they're discussing with their bourgeois friends over <clears throat> cocktails yeah. in New York, in upstate New York, they won't sound like a complete fool. Mm-hmm. And that, this is a tangent now. But also, like, I feel like with classics, there's so many opinions already on those classics when you read them that when you kind of disagree with it or maybe have, like, your own personal takeaways, it just, like, gets lost because you're not really part of the canon of <laughs> analysis <laughs> yeah of that where you're saying like there's not much new things to be said i mean i guess a new thing is you can always compare it to what's happening like presently mm-hmm. but other than that it's not like especially with something like shakespeare mm-hmm. where it's been yes analyzed so many times are you really gonna say something new like mm-hmm. be real like what could you have to say <laughs> what could you possibly have to say mm-hmm. that is really gonna blow my mind True. i dare you Write in. I don't. We don't have an email, but I'll set one up. And you write to me and tell tell me something I didn't know about uh, Romeo and Juliet and me. <laughs> Care of you guys yeah. to Laura and Delora. Mm-hmm. Blow our minds. Please. Try us. Okay. Just kidding. My mind is easily blown. <laughs> My mind Honestly. is a stoic rock, and it cannot be blown away. Oh, really? It is immovable. Okay, I have in this section selected parts. I don't. I didn't select any parts. I didn't. I can look at my. I can. I guess think of something specific, but I can't really think of anything. Mm-hmm. Let me look. I have highlighted notes. Oh, good. Oh, God, sorry. There's something in the pipes. It's coming for us. Um, I have this whole system. I have one color for things that I think are like important for analysis. I have another color for things I don't understand, and I have another color for things I find very funny. <laughs> Good. See, do you yeah. do this with everything you read, or was this for this specific um, well, for the you, podcast? Uh, well, I highlighted this a lot more for the podcast, but I do use this system with like other books. I just don't highlight books that often. So you annotate every book you've ever read? No. Oh. I just said that. Just kidding. Yeah, I don't. It depends. Okay. Like, and if it's a, it depends if it's a book that I think I'm going to talk about with other people. Well, Romeo is very whiny. Yeah. And sad. And I remember. Not, go ahead. Or honestly, I mean, it's okay to be sad and to be angsty. He just does it a lot in this play. <laughs> he takes it to another level. Yeah. I would agree. Like, he doesn't even mourn the death of his friend. Who, yeah. Mercutio, like, he dies. And I'm like, no! Mm-hmm. Or, like, who is it? Who's Benvolio? Who's that? His other friend? Is that his other friend? Does he die? No, just Mercutio. No. Yeah. Okay, well... He, yeah, Mercutio yeah, but, dies, and I'm like, 
I don't know. I wanted him to because Mercutio. I don't know. Mercutio seemed like a really tortured soul, mm-hmm. and I really relate to that because I'm so tortured, you know. All right. So I guess what would you rate this? We've already kind of you can kind of tell from the tone of tone of our voices how we talk about the book, yeah. what our ratings are. But on a scale of I, one to ten, okay, I would go seven. I have a question. On your scale of one to ten, is there ever a ten, or is ten the unattainable perfect book? And is there ever a zero? Okay, I would say or ten, a one. Ten is something that like I would not change at all. I see. And so there are things like that for me. What about you? Um, I think. I think that tens for me do exist, but there, but the like intervals between nine and ten is vastly larger than eight to nine. Like it doesn't take as much for a book to become. Oh, so this is exponential, not Yeah, no, it's not, it's not, my scale is not linear. It is exponential. And so, like, to be, to go from a 9 to a 10, oh, man. (laughs) There better be, it better be, the readability better be good because I have a low, I have a short attention span. Mm -hmm. So if you have a long-ass paragraph, it either got to have a lot of, like, cuss words or, like, visual things to keep my my attention or I'm not going to. Or a lot of capital letters. Or something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's got to have something to keep my attention. But, okay, go ahead. You said a. Four? Seven. Oh. Seven, seven. <laughs> okay. Seven out of ten? Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, obviously the wordplay is fun when I can, like, relate to it. Not when I have to, like, wade through three dictionaries to find what the heck they're talking about. That's what I'm saying. That's just, but, like, that's because I'm just an average Joe, you know? For, like, well, yeah, but it's, we're not sending this pod, this podcast, I don't really think is for, like, the literary, like, yeah. Schmoes of the world. Sure. These are for the Joes. If you're here, Schmoes, I mean, welcome. Welcome, Schmoes, but we're here for the Joes. Yeah, but know this. <laughs> but don't you fucking forget. Oh, my God. We're not here for you. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, we're play, so, yeah, we're play fun. Plot, it's funny. <laughs> I, I guess. I'm not reading it for the tragedy, really. I'm reading it kind of for the comedy. I think for me... I'm going to go with what I thought I heard you say, which was like a 4 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It doesn't, didn't hate it. Also didn't particularly like it. <coughs> mm-hmm. It has, to me, my personal view, it has some merit because it is a classic. So now I can say that I've read it. And if I need to discuss it, I can. But I don't feel the need to ever go back and read it again. Like I do some quote-unquote classics that I have read. Mm-hmm. So, um, 4 out of 10. Boom. This next segment is book recommendations from us. Like, if we are readers, what are we reading right now? And do we like it so far or not? What's the deal? And what kind of books do you generally like to read? I guess this is also... This is episode zero where we establish... Yeah. Where we figure what the heck we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Gotta look on your Goodreads. Yeah. It's books... I I guess it is book recommendations and then also what you're currently reading. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, just Romeo and Juliet makes me think of All the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders. It's a similar concept where there's, like, a guy and a girl, and it's a love story, but they're from opposing sides. Um, you know, that basic formula is very well written. Mm-hmm. It's sci-fi and fantasy, all in one. Super fun. I like that a lot. Um, and very readable. I'm also, I'm currently reading This Is How You Lose the Time War by Amal El Motar and Max Gladstone. Sorry for the mispronunciation. And it's exciting. It's very, um, it is also kind of Romeo and Juliet formula-ish. They're 
is a character red and a character named blue, and they're from opposing sides of the time war, and they're constantly changing different timelines so that their sides win, but they start exchanging letters and, like, making fun of each other, but also... Across times. Across times. Whoa! Also, I guess they form a relationship. Time will tell. <laughs> Ta- time <laughs> will tell. Will tell me. That's, that's a joke for the Joes out there, not the schmoes. Mm-hmm. What I'm currently reading, I'm reading a book from my Asian American literature class called The Warrior Woman. Mm-hmm. And it's alright, I don't know. I've lately been trying to read more Asian American authors, just because I'm, like, I feel a duty to uh, get, you know, like, consume more content created by people of color. So... Yeah, I've been trying to do more of that. So that's what I'm reading. Maxine Hong Kingston, The Woman Warrior. Um, and then I guess a book based on what we... Based on Romeo and Juliet, a book that I would recommend? Uh, or inspired by? I guess, okay. I am not one for romance novels, but there was one that I re- that I listened to that I actually thought was okay. Uh, okay. I liked it. I would recommend it. Um, called All the Bright Places by Jennifer... Niven or Niven I don't know how to pronounce it but I remember listening to it and like pretty much the entire way through until up until the very end I was like these characters are dumb I don't really like them and I don't care about anything that they're going through I'm very unsympathetic towards romance novels unfortunately I'm a very I'm a cynic but at the very end something happens and I realized oh you have to go, you have to read through all this stuff and sit with these characters for a while to really, at least for me, to appreciate the ending. And then I was like, okay, I like this book now. I didn't like that I had to go through this torture, but I understand that that torture made me stronger. So thank you, Jennifer Niven, Niven. Whoever you are. Whoever you are, thank you. So join us next month. Uh, The next book we will be reading will be Lord of the Flies. Are you Alora ready? Laura and Laura, Lord of the Flies. Lords of the Flies. Lords of the Flies. Yep. Thank you.